The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than a senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Yes, I have a toy. How is everybody? We have our very own Pronto Comics, uh, very own Dominic Definition Manfrano. Charlie just sounds like, like Groucho Marx right there. Good to see you right in the duckalope here. <laughs> and we have from thelifewithgenergy.com, uh, Jenny Feldy. Now you see here, that's my name here. On this week's show, we're going to have another Jay Bird and Lee segment, and our very own senior correspondent, Charles Saladino, will have an interview with um, author Stephen Murray. Before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrated over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention will be the 25th and the 26th of September, which is the Big Apple Silver Anniversary Expo. Um, as of yet, no headliners have been announced. Also, the news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And we're going to get our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Onji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. If you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look up a game for that in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get a shout-out, and we would greatly appreciate it. All right, so let's start off with what the... What happened to the virtual pizza thing? Oh, well, you can still order a virtual pizza. If you go to our website, um, it's on the little, there's a little pizza icon there, and it says buy us a virtual pizza, and you can click on that. And we will also greatly appreciate that too. It would be tasty, and I like mine with extra cheese. I'm still of the opinion that they should get us like actual pizza or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. It's like an NFT. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yes, it, exactly. It's an it's a NFP. Ah, ah yeah, except we it. can't actually eat a pizza, so. Well, it's an NFT. You can't actually do anything with that either. So, you know. so what, who benefits from this? The uh, show yeah. Like a Facebook-like? The sh- no, uh, it's, it's actual, it's uh, the show benefits. It's like a Patreon. The show gets, the show gets money so we can do stuff. Oh, it's money, do not stuff. pizza. Well, it's a virtual pizza. So the, the virtual pizza is a.k.a. money? Yes. Okay, thank so you. So when they buy us a virtual pizza, the show gets some money. Right, it's a it virtual be better pizza. Just forget. It's like yeah. gift cards. Gift cards are stupid. It's funny. <laughs> right. I still don't get pizza. <laughs> I don't get it either. Right. So right. my next question then, Mark, is with the money we get from the virtual pizza, <laughs> why aren't you buying us pizza? Well, when we all get together yeah. and, and you get paid for uh, going to conventions and you get food, that's the virtual pizza right there. See how it works? When we all get together. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, when we all get together. So <laughs> when 
when you ask us, do we want to cover these conventions? You never mention the possibility of getting paid to cover the conventions. You get paid in food. Nor pizza. <laughs> and, and if that was the case, Jen and I are owed a pizza already. Right. And well, I don't even eat pizza. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's on its way. But we got to get to the news. We got to okay. get to the news. Okay. No, no, no. I'm so, just going to say uh, this. That uh, no, we have tons I, of show to do, and we only I have I think the time. business strategy here needs some retooling. Agree. <laughs> well, when, when the virtual pizza start coming in, <laughs> then we'll worry about it. So starting off with sad news, uh, jazz drummer Gerald John Granelli died recently. As of this recording, which is uh, July 28th, no cause of death has been announced. Gerald was best known for playing the drums with the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Four, who, you, who those of you do not know, is the music on the soundtrack of A Charlie Brown Christmas. So he was instrumental in making the Charlie Brown theme song, which is called Linus and Lucy. Instrumental. Ha, huh, yes, that's right. I didn't even plan that. Mm-hmm. So you guys are familiar with the Charlie Brown theme song, right? Yes. Absolutely. It's my favorite holiday yeah. song. Yeah, so he was he was a drummer on that. So he uh, was a, a spry 80 years old. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's a good age to go. So as a drummer, let me explain something to you. Jazz drumming, to me, is the most difficult drumming in the world. Mm. Uh, contemporary jazz and everything, it's it's... It's an amazing skill, and uh, it's just a, a major loss for the music world. Yes, I agree. Um, so more sad news. We have actor Alfie Scoop, or Scott, S-C-O-P-P, uh, died recently. Also, as of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, while acting in numerous TV shows, Alfie was perhaps best known as the voice of Charlie in the Box in the 1964 Christmas special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you remember, only uh, a couple of shows back, we mentioned that the voice of Hermie had died. So now uh, I I believe he's one of the last surviving members of that cast. I mean, he was born in 1919. Yes. So he was uh, a young 101 years old. Yes. But because he was born in England, I don't know if he got a letter from the president. (laughs) Very Uh, true. You know, I'm just saying. He was English-born Canadian actor. So, I mean, right. he's, he's just With the last no, few administrations, no I bet there's a lot of people that are saying, please, don't send me a letter. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> so, moving on for the last bit of sad news. Coincidentally, though, I have a friend named Charlie who does it perfectly, saying nobody wants Charlie in the box. Does our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, also can do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, moving on to the last uh, bit of sad news. Actor and stand-up comedian, legend... Jackie Mason also yeah. died recently. And also, and also, as of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Now, once again, this one falls in the sad, sad category because I already thought he did die. Wow. Oh, God, no. No. I get Jackie it. Mason. Jackie yeah. Mason. I was talking with a comedian friend. We get messages from someone who always complains, no one will put me on a show. No one will book me. And I said, you should just read this guy's messages in the voice of Jackie Mason. No one will book me. No one will put yeah. me on the show. Funny yeah. enough, while we're talking, we get a message from the guy. He goes, oh, I just did a Jackie Mason impression. It's like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> huh. I mean, are you, are you aware that he was, Ed Sullivan banned him from his show? I am uh, aware of that. Why? Would you like well, to share that story, Charlie? 
Yes, he was on the Ed Sullivan show once, and uh, toward the end of his first finger up, not his uh, bad finger, uh, as the group goes, but um, his first finger up, and Ed thought he gave him the finger. Oh, my God. So he he banned him from other shows, but didn't hurt his career none. No, he Actually, what's 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 funny? Um, I've actually heard an interview of Jackie Mason, and he said he probably did put up the wrong finger because he was like he was just throwing hands, and he got confused and nervous. He's like he um, might have thrown up the wrong finger, but it was never no. an intentional thing. I remember that interview. This was you know, hundreds of years ago. Right. When, uh, actually, when he said, my mom recently. Jackie, Someone gave me the finger. Didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, Jackie did not do it. There's actual uh, video. The, the video. There's, there's actual not video, but there was an actual. Uh, uh, the a show that they they pointed that out no pun intended that <laughs> they um that they showed that and he's putting up his his first finger but uh, he was um like one of the the greats of stand up comedians he, I would put him in the same class as Ronnie Danger here like he was such a great stand up very good yeah he was doing concerts uh wow I don't know if he did any recently but um well, according a couple to his of Wikipedia. years ago he did. According to his Wikipedia, he was active up until his death. Like wow. he was active twenty twenty one. I love his actual yeah. two things I like about looking at his Wikipedia. Number one, his birth name, Yaakov Moshe <laughs> Hakohen Maza was his birth name. It's Moshi. He, wow. Moshi, sorry. And he was he was born in Sheboygan. <laughs> Sheboygan, <Wow>. Wisconsin. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm just like and it's interesting that he's born in Wisconsin. Um because his his to me his voice is so New York. Oh yeah. But they moved to the Lower East Side when he was five, so that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There so you go. Yeah. he was uh, another young, ninety three years old. Ninety three is a good run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. moving on to the not as happy news, but no longer not sad as news. Happy but not sad. From not less sad. Not happy. I'm not sad. I'm not cold. I'm not hot. It's somewhere <laughs> in between the road. <laughs> from the I'm sitting flicking chickens and I'm looking through the pickings. Anyway. <laughs> from the Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Department. Not long after the season two finale of The Mandalorian, when, spoiler alert, a DH Mark Hamill returned as Luke Skywalker. A deep fake version of Hamill was posted to YouTube and according to most fans looked better than what was actually shown on the series. So yeah. much so that Lucasfilm took notice and offered the guy a job. Uh, Shamook, which is the original creator of the video, says... Isn't that a, war- a whale at SeaWorld? <laughs> I knew you were going to make fun of that. Um, as some of this you already know... Shamook. Let me tell you, he's a real Shamook. As some of you already know, I joined ILM slash Lucasfilms a few months ago and haven't had the time to work on any of my new YouTube content. Now I settle into my job as senior facial capture artist. Uploads should start increasing again. They'll be slow, but hopefully not months apart. Enjoy. So how about that? He's like, I can do this job better than you guys. And they gave him a job. That's awesome. That, that is amazing. I wish I, in the same vein, I don't know if you've seen this. It came out years ago someone like hand drew and created a adventures of Indiana Jones animated intro. Ooh, it's really good. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. It is 
excellent. And how come Lucasfilm didn't just come and give this guy a job and say, make it happen? I have no idea. You know, it's it's weird. Like sometimes I do know, at least back in the old days, if people were making fan films in hopes to get a job with the big companies, because sometimes those fan films are way better than what the companies were producing. Well, Mark, we had that we had that big example with uh, the guy who did that Spider-Man play for sixty dollars or something, and it was yes, get yes. more money than yeah. Remember yes. that. Um, it was called uh, The Spidey Project, which was then turned to Peter Who. Um, right. I'm sorry, I forgot the guy's name right now. It, it escapes me, but we had him on the show. And this was going on during uh, when Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was uh, in Broadway. And it was a, a multi-million dollar flop. It was and production things were hell. going wrong. People were People died. <laughs> yeah, they broke their backs. And, yeah. and um, Justin, I think his name was Justin. And we had yeah. him on the show yeah. because he decided that he can do a, uh, a, a Spider-Man play better than the one that was on Broadway. And he did it for nothing. It was all free. Um, it's on, it's on uh, YouTube. You can actually go see it. It's called The Spidey and, Project. Right. I was going to say hilarious. you send it to us, and it was great. I loved it. It was hilarious. And then they brought it back. They, they added new songs, and they brought most of the cast back. And I actually got a, a, an invite to see it, and I interviewed him again. Justin Moran, that was his name. Right, yeah. And yeah. – um, and it was just so funny and so great. And the music numbers were amazing. Better than the actual Turn Off the Dark, which I also did get to see. And so many people went to see it. Yeah. And, and the thing was, um, I had asked him, what would he do if they gave him, you know, however many, many million dollars to make the play? He said he would make it for like $500,000 and take a $4 million vacation. It's <laughs> a pretty yeah. good move. <laughs> yeah. And the, it's, the funny part about this thing, if you haven't seen it, is when Spider-Man is flying through the city, it's hysterical because they have all the actors holding these cardboard buildings. And as he goes by, they're lifting the buildings up like he's flying. He's, oh, man, it was yeah. so creative. It was unbelievable. Yes. So so I guess uh, uh, impromptu... Uh... Uh, shout out, go check out The Spidey Project. You type in right. the, uh, the Spidey Project, look it up on right. YouTube. It's, it's, it's there right now. You can see it for free. It was yeah. well worth it. That's pretty Basically, good. because of the theme, I can do it better than you can. And he has, um, um, and like I said, his original music, and they, and they call it a quote-unquote parody because Marvel, Disney said no problem as long as you don't use the word Spider-Man, which is why they had to change it to Peter Who. Hmm. And it was just, it was yeah. just a, a pure... Um, mother of invention of this play yeah. and it was better and it had a story and if you watch the whole thing you're like oh it actually had a real good story and a real twist so yes you should guys check it out that's pretty yeah. cool i've seen like when they did uh the irishman and they were gonna like make de niro and pacino uh and and pesci all younger i'd already seen people do better deep fakes yes yes so i'm not shocked like why yes. these guys who do these deep fakes aren't getting so many jobs i have no idea because clearly they can do it better than the people who are yeah. doing this stuff it's so. crazy maybe they're socially dumb like my boyfriend <laughs> well that's maybe they that's don't socialize how... is this your current do you have a current oh, boyfriend oh, or ex, ex, sorry ex-boyfriend sorry. well they're, they're right. all my boyfriends they stay my boyfriend forever till eternity you know they're oh, on the list Wow! All right, I think we now, now have I'm the got, secret. I'm got excited about that. Woof, he's <laughs> was like, so yeah. moving I on. I smiling, so whatever. <laughs> moving on. I think we figured out like Jen's secret to like 
immortality. She just keeps <laughs> these guys chained up somewhere and drains <laughs> them of like blood or something. Well, she does have her own personal gym. Who knows what's down there? We You're know. Who knows? Wow. Well, I'm not a Democrat, so I don't, I don't know about that theory. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, I'm not supposed to say so, that on the show. Oops. Moving on. Yeah, but, but it was funny. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Well, wait, wait. Woody Allen said, Dom, to answer your question, Woody Allen was asked, how was he going to gain immortality? And he answered, by not dying. That's a good answer. Yeah, great answer. All right, carry on, Mo. (laughs) From the follow-up department, as we have mentioned on previous shows, Diamond Comics Distributors, the former Diamond. biggest and pop culture distributor, has dropped another bombshell on comic book <laughs> stores it. that da, 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 da. still continue <laughs> using its services by freezing comic store discounts until the end of the year. Diamond never says, liked them. Diamond says, <clears throat> in an effort to avoid additional disruption in our industry, our goals are to minimize disruption during this transitional period, provide retailers stability when placing orders, and continue to support the strong industry growth that we are seeing across <laughs> periodicals, collections, supplies, collectibles, and other product uh, lines. Given this, we are taking a measured approach to changing any purchasing dynamics to help with everyone's planning as we head into what we expect to be a strong fourth quarter holiday holiday season uh, for those of you who are not paying attention or care for that matter this all started when the pandemic happened a uh, diamond comic distributors which was the number one distributor said that they weren't going to distribute comics then they said they weren't going to pay their um the people any refunds then they said they were going to send out stuff on a limited basis then the uh, guy in charge of marketing quit um then uh, marvel jumped ship and made their own distributing company then dc jumped ship and made their own distributing company and here we are. It's still going on. And I can't then, believe it. It should do like a 90210 diamond version. Yeah. Like, and then, and guess what? And then he said, and then she quit, and then he went, and then they froze discounts. <laughs> Not wrong. It's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a soap opera now. Yeah. How crazy. Well, get it, they're, they're, um, their next move is to send out virtual pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. all a diamond needs is for us to buy them a virtual pizza. And- oh, and by the way, Mark, that dog sounded more like the diamond executives <laughs> than you did. Anyway, carry on. So what do you, I mean, we've, we've been covering this story for over a year now. What do you guys think is going to, what's going to happen next? Like I thought it was done, but obviously they're not done. <laughs> I have. I honestly can't tell you what I think is going to happen with this. The whole, I thought it was the not that I'm like look, all monopolies end up dying, but the way they are like getting destroyed is ridiculous to me. I don't know who like got in charge of Diamond, but they were clearly like nutty. <laughs> yeah. like, and I and, think... and I can tell you that our our fine one of our sponsors, um, Royal Collectibles. They their shipments have been delayed for two weeks in a row from Diamond. So I don't know what's going on with them. They have it's like you know classically you got you have one job <laughs> deliver comic books and when they're like we're not going to do that anymore. What? How could? Who was the person who's like you know what? I got an idea. We're not going to deliver books. And who thought like that's brilliant? Like it, I. Jen, Jen, what do you you got? What do you got, Jen? Do you have any thoughts on this? It's like an Uber driver without a car. It's like a (laughs) restaurant without any food. It's like a relationship without love. It's like a dog without hair. What is diamonds? (laughs) I I basically can answer that, Jen. (laughs) 
they it's like when Cartoon they, Network. <laughs> they should just change their name to Cubic Zirconia and charge everything cheaper. There you go. <laughs> it, Actually, it, the diamonds are like good. the girls' diamond. I had a I had a fun little well-known comedian over earlier telling me stories about um, fornicating with a woman named Diamond and and her friend named Diamond and his his trips with the diamonds. So these girls did not have comic books. Perhaps yeah. they should be running the company. And this does not make any sense. It, Goodbye. It, based on what's going on, it can't hurt. Why not? <laughs> in, uh, in, in comic book world, diamond means you'll never get a book. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So moving on. Uh, let's it just, it's like when yeah. Cartoon Network is, someone took over Cartoon Network and is like, no more cartoons. We're going to go live action. The name <laughs> yeah. is Cartoon Network. It's the same <laughs> thing. Diamond comic book distributors. We're not going to distribute comic books anymore. I think... You know what? That's a worse business plan than the virtual pizza. <laughs> on the same, yeah. on the same, on the same track. What about MTV? No longer showing music videos. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. 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 But somehow they at least put out better content that people still watch. Like, uh, you know, right. you know, for one thing, like MTV at least was able to start a segue with the real world. Diamonds, like we got another backup. We're just not going to do. We're not going to go to work. Yeah. We just decided not to go to work. And denying any type of discounts is just making it harder for themselves. But. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, how much time we have? I don't know how to help them. <laughs> I well, don't know. Just, just end it, you know? It's like these just people, their, their lives are so bad. It's like, you know what? You're right. Just You're done, you know? Yeah, I don't mm. know what to tell you. All right. Let's, let's see if we can get this last bit of news in. Um, we, might, we might have no. time for a second one, but let's see if we get this one in. From the... Missed it by that much. Department. According to NASA, there, is a, there was a giant asteroid the size of a sky, skyscraper that missed the Earth by about 2.8 million miles this past week. Uh, to wow. put things into perspective, in June of last year, Asteroid 2002NN4, which was the size of the Empire State Building, passed by the Earth and came within 31,000 miles of us. And in December of this uh, past year, a much smaller asteroid whizzed by with 1.8 million miles to spare. So it seems like a lot, but it really is not because the distance between us and the moon is much greater than that. So if you got to think, something was going close. You you think somebody would have gave us a heads up? (laughs) Well... They did. They put it out there, and we now, just, yeah, it just whoop, it came, it came and went. Because I like guess two point eight million miles wasn't as drastic as the thirty one thousand miles, which we reported on, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of stories like this in the past, where you know meteors and asteroids come close, and they usually are buried like at, on the ten o'clock news to like ten twenty eight. <laughs> you know, they get reported on, but it's like, well, it's not coming. Out. And having seen enough disaster movies where like. It's always we can't tell the population because then there'll be mass panic. So I don't I don't trust I don't trust I don't trust they'd ever tell us. So yeah. of note, this will be the third time this particular asteroid has come close to us and is expected to return one more time in twenty thirty four. An asteroid. It's like you come in or or not? Like what's the deal? <laughs> Look, it's not the drive-bys past my house. Either knock on my door or stop coming by. Can we get a restraining order right. against this? <laughs> Let's get a restraining order against this ast- oh. asteroid. Right. It's harassing us at this point. Yeah. Let's see. So if, if we hear a loud noise, it's an asteroid that NASA didn't tell us about. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. <laughs> so let's see. I wow. Think, we have... think, of, think of what 
Think of what what? <laughs> Did Charlie get hit by an asteroid? Are you all right? Oh my god. No. <laughs> Think of what? <laughs> what Erwin Allen could do with that. Remember he used to make all the disaster films back in the uh, 70s and 80s? Yes. <laughs> what? Are you not hearing me or do you just don't know who Erwin Allen is? I don't know. Who that is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh know my god. Is. He made all the disaster movies in the 70s and 80s. Earthquake. Uh oh my god. You Earthquake and Earthquake. <laughs> Earth, any any disaster movie he made it. What? I don't know why this is so funny, but it is. <laughs> right, I, so I, I, I have no idea why it was so funny. It was just a statement. <laughs> I'm not uh, making statements anymore. I think, it was, I think it was the circumstances of the surrounding yeah. statement. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're almost out of time. Thank <laughs> God. Any, any final thoughts for our news segment? Uh, let's, let's start with our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man, Serrano. Uh... That's a shame about that asteroid, man. That's about. It's a shame that it didn't hit us. Is that what yeah, you're yeah, no. I remember during the election, it was like, you know, <laughs> big. I'm voting for the big asteroid. <laughs> just end it now. You know, it was just. Uh, oh my god! All bad. right. From thelifeofgenergies.com, Jenny Feldy, do you have any final thoughts for our news? Yes, so I recently declared a no negativity, very minimal complaining, no gossip zone no hater zone and my life for the last three days is very great so i highly recommend that you be very strict with these things because it actually got me sick entertaining the hater raid and the negativity all right i'm with you i just had a block of schmuck last week a block of schmuck yeah Yeah. all right um charlie saladino do you have any final thoughts for our news yes i never liked mark torres oh boy Uh, so with that, we're going to take our break. We'll be right back with a community from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin in the month of July. Get ready for Sinister War from Marvel Comics, Infinite Frontier from DC, and Amelia Clark's Mother of Madness from Image Comics. Make sure to join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. And mark your calendar for free comic book day on August 14th. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 515 7631133. Thank you and stay safe. Hey ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came from the Radio. <laughs> my neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Stealing a name from a 1920s 
something or other gangster. <laughs> <laughs> How's his music? It's all right. It's like, um, well, he's switched genres recently. So it was originally um, rap, and now it's what is it? Rock, alternative. It's like a rockish punk. It's punk, I think. He's punk. I think. Or pop rock. Pop rock, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, all I know is he's dating Megan Fox. Yeah, he cheated on Summer Rae with Megan Fox. Who's Summer Rae? Uh some other girl. Oh, <laughs> like I an knew, Instagram model or something. I know Sugar Ray. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's a band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe <laughs> she got her name from Sugar Ray. <laughs> she's Summer Ray. I don't. Yeah. And what is she? An Instagram model? I think I, I don't know. She works out or something. No. I, I don't know. All right. So now she's with Meg. He's with Megan Fox, who yeah. was the Transformers girl. She was in Transformers. Did you ever see that? No. I haven't, like, seen her in anything. Okay. Well, she's not really a great actress or anything, but, you know. Yeah. She's in stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what she's even in. I haven't, like... I think Transformers is her most popular thing. And Mm. then I think she was in a couple of other movies, but as, like, short stints of stuff. So she wasn't in it for long. Ah. And I think she was a model. How'd she get so famous, then? She was like a model in the Transformers thing. So she was like a model for a long time. And she married this guy, mm. Brian Austin Green, who was from 90210, a show that you would never... Well, I've heard of it. Yes. You know what? It's along the lines of Riverdale, but... Because it's a teen drama. Oh. But it was like the one of the most popular shows in the 2000s, 90s, two, ni- late 90s, 2000s, something like that, early 2000s, late 90s, something around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Perry, who was in oh, Riverdale. Yeah. And he, yeah, he died. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had um, Jason Priestley, which you probably don't know either. No. And a guy named Ian Ziering, who was in Sharknado. No, no. Sharknado either, right? You haven't seen that. So anyway, we're back to MGK. Let's go back that way. <laughs> All right. So his concert is this summer? Expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. It's, uh, I wanted to go with my uncle because both of us like uh, his music. Um, well, we were looking at tickets and it is expensive. <laughs> it is like $400 for the cheap sheets, right? For nosebleeds, yeah. Yeah, for the nosebleed section, yep. It's insane. I'm like... We didn't even do that for Pink concert, and she's she's better, pretty, yeah, a and, lot better, and she does she's giving you more of a run for your money, and she's more expensive, yeah, and she well she was no, not more she, expensive, she's cheaper, she was actually yeah. cheaper, yeah. So like MGK is like super expensive. This is after the COVID, so maybe like just prices are just jacked up like crazy. Because I was looking at MGK tickets also mm-hmm. to see if we could pull a last minute surprise on you, but I don't know, man. Four hundred dollars like, a ticket, yeah, it's steep. not. It's too much. It's like, that's... I did find $160 a ticket, but you'd have to go to Ohio. <laughs> it would take more to, It would take more money to... But, like, it's not just $400 for... Because it would be two people going. Because I can't go alone. So that would be $800. Plus the tax, which is probably, like, then $900. And the drive into the city. Tickets, food, whatever. It's yeah, probably, like, but- a... It just racks up to like a total of like a thousand something. It's probably a thousand dollar night or almost close to it anyway. Not worth it. 
Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I was back in the day. I was just like, I didn't even want to pay tickets for $35. I can't imagine doing it for 400 you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> well, just for the nosebleeds. I mean, if you were looking at the front row, I think you're over 1000 2000 Oh, bucks, yeah. Right? And I'm like, he's not worth it. Right, he's not worth it. But, I mean, I guess some people think he is. So, do you like his music a lot? I mean, I know his, like, I know his songs, but I'm not, like, all... <laughs> You're not all in? Yeah, I'm more... I'd rather do... If it was a $400 uh, concert, I'd want to have at least two... I'd want to have an opening artist that I knew. Yeah. And then the main artist, I'd want to know majority of their songs and know that they'd give an authentic, like... Yeah, I gotcha. Concert, yeah. That makes sense. Well, I mean... Yeah, I don't think you're going to that one this summer. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe we'll find a different concert for you. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Hey, everybody. This is Charlie Saladino, senior correspondent. And I'm here and very happy to be here and honored with uh, the very talented Stephen Murray. Uh, Stephen, how are you tonight? Thank you. I'm fine, Charles, and thank you for having me on your show, and I thank the listeners for tuning in. Oh, my God. Thank you for being on the show. It's it's a pleasure. Um, we're we're going to get to um, your books in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, how did you um, – well, you're from originally from England. That's correct. Right? Yes. And when did you move to Vegas? Oh, I moved to Las Vegas 18 years ago in 2003. Okay. And um, what, what was the reasoning? What, what you know, motivated you to get to Vegas? Well, I, I didn't actually move to Las Vegas from England. Um, I moved from California. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I was born in England, but as a child, I, uh, the family moved to Africa. And okay, I grew up wow. in Southern Africa and then went back to live in London. And I got the offer of a job in Los Angeles, California. And so in 1976, 
I came over to settle in Los Angeles and I was there nice. for 27 years and then moved the business to Las Vegas. Right. You know, okay. California was getting a little bit business unfriendly. Yeah. So well, <laughs> it's not. Did you did you fly here from California? Or did you take the drive? No, uh, dro drove um, to Vegas from California and yeah. moved all the furnishings and everything. Yeah. Oh my house. God! There you go. Yeah. 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 So um, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm I'm looking at your your stuff here, and Vegas is very conducive to what you've been writing. Um, I I like the whole idea of your books. I like the um, the discreetly yours. That whole idea is. I think it's. If you weren't thinking Vegas when you wrote that, I don't know what you would think. But uh, tell us a little about tell us a little about yourself and your books and uh, and uh, what you do there. Well, I, I do think uh, Las Vegas is a creative vortex, to be quite honest with you, because I had certainly never thought about writing a book until I moved here. And I originally decided to write a book on the travels I'd enjoyed around the world. And I've traveled right. to 40 different countries on five continents and thought that would be kind of fun to write about, put all those cultures and experiences right. down on paper and share my observations. But I was told that wouldn't sell. I had to write for women. And I thought, shucks, I know nothing about women's fiction. I mean, I don't read Daniel Steele or Barbara Cartland or anything. I just about know yeah. who they are. But um, I, I discovered the joy of writing when I wrote my, uh, the biography of my travels and thought, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to shop around and uh, see what I can come up with. And my first book was called The Chapel of Eternal Love, Wedding Stories from Las Vegas. And it's, right. it's a series of stories that take place at a wedding chapel. The, the reader spends a day at the wedding chapel and meet all these couples as they come and go. And it was a fun read, um, a fun write, I mean. Uh, it was an enjoyable experience and a challenge, but I never thought I'd get it published. But, you know... Uh, Sometimes life, life takes us down paths and along journeys that we never imagined. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you mentioned discreetly yours. That's, you know, the, the chapter of eternal love shows us the, the love side of Las Vegas. You know, we are the marriage capital of the world. And so it shows yeah. the loving side of Las Vegas and discreetly yours that, that goes totally the opposite direction. Um, it shows the Sin City side of Las Vegas. It's about three very elegant, classy, sophisticated ladies of the night. They work for the most exclusive escort agency in Las Vegas, and they plot to get rid of the guy that runs it because he treats them like yeah. dirt. And uh, right. they come up with what they think is the perfect crime, crime. And do they get away with it, or have they overlooked one small thing that brings the whole plot crashing down so it's a fun read um there's a challenge you know trying to get in the mind of three women escort agents or yeah. escorts i know nothing about that i did no research it's all pure imagination so yes it was it was a fun ride and it's been very well received surprisingly yeah. <laughs> and, and and obviously 
these people are are from Henderson because we know where that that's legal in Henderson. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. I think escort escort agencies are are legal. It's the prostitution aspect that isn't. Yeah. So um, that's why they uh, they're female escorts, very classy, sophisticated escorts. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're all over Vegas, but not legal. Um, but uh, yeah, that that does sound like a, a very fun read. And uh, when, when you, this amazes me about authors because I admire you guys so much because you just, just sit down, you get an idea and you, you write, and I find authors are different. How how do we start? How does Stephen Murray start from get go with a with a book? Obviously, starts with an idea. And where where did it come from? That's um, an interesting question. The Chapel of Eternal Love came from um, actually visiting a wedding chapel. I had a couple of visiting from overseas. And the lady wanted to go to a wedding chapel, and I took her to one. And we were just sitting outside talking to a couple that were waiting to go in and get married. And as I was driving, driving home that night, I thought about the couple that were going to get married, and I thought, why have they come to Las Vegas? Where are their friends? Why is there no big massive celebration? This is always supposed to be the bride's yeah. biggest day and what have you. You know, where's yeah. champagne and everything? And I thought, you know what? There's my book. There's my female fiction book that I'm supposed to write. Right. And I have to tell you, Charles, by the time I got home, all these stories flooded into my mind. Don't ask me where they came from, but I went straight to the computer and I put down the outlines of every single story. I mean, yeah. love does mean different things to different people. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And right. it's a book more about love. It's not a romance book. It's why do people fall in love and why do, why do they come to Vegas? Right. So that's what prompted the first book. And then the second book is a sequel and readers will tell you what they want. And even though the couples in the first book, they're all fiction, people started emailing and saying, when's the sequel coming out? What happened to all these people after they left that chapel? So... Right. Along came the sequel, Return to the Chapel of Eternal Love. And it takes place five years down the road and revisits all the couples in the first book and where their lives took them. And that was a fun ride because I hadn't, I'd never dreamed there would be a sequel. I never thought anybody would care about what happened to these people. But they did. And I then sure. had to come up with follow-up stories. And that was a challenge too. But it's fun. And that's what... That's what makes writing so enjoyable for me anyway. It has to be something, a challenge. It can't be something right. that comes easy. It's got to be something that challenges the mind, challenges the creative process and what have you. Yeah. It's, um, there, is, there is a song uh, out and one of the lines is, it's what writers have to uh, feel like when they finally discover they've been read. So... Um, how was that for you when you finally discovered, wow, people are reading this book and liking it? That had to be a great feeling. Oh, absolutely it was, because um, certainly the Chapel of Eternal Love, I never planned on 
getting it even published. I just wrote it to see if I could do it. And frankly, Charles, it sat in the back of the computer for two years and I wrote a murder mystery. Right. I right. took that to get published and I was then told, what else have you written? And I mentioned about this chapel book and, and uh, the company that helped publish said, hey, that's the one you've got to get out. And I said, you're kidding. I don't even have a title for it. And he said, no, we've got to get that one out there. And he was the one that pushed and it went out. And yes, it was it was very surprising and very humbling. And it won an award with an organization called All I, Talk About It. And right, um, I, I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah, that, that just blew me away. I, I mean, I thought I didn't think for one minute that would ever win any competitions, but um, Yes, it's very humbling. It's very re rewarding and um, very flattering too, you know. Um, right. Yeah, it has to be. And then all of a sudden, discreetly yours, right? <laughs> well, again, uh, Charles, the, the readers will tell you what they want. And in the chapel of eternal love, there was one chapter where um, the lady, Emmy, she runs an escort agency. And she made the mistake of falling in love with one of her clients. And I wanted to make Emmy sympathetic because I knew she would not be popular with the female readers, seeing as she, Emmy would probably be sleeping with their husbands. So I had her where she got stood up at the altar. She was left there with her bouquet of flowers and waiting for the gentleman to show up. And he didn't, he just deserted her. And I got so many letters from and emails from ladies saying, what happened to Emmy? What happened to her? Where did she go? What, why did he leave her? And she evoked so much sympathy. I thought, I'm going to take this one step further and I'm going to write a book with three escorts and they actually kill somebody. And are these three ladies going to get the same amount of sympathy that Emmy got? So that was the inspiration for Discreetly Yours. Right. Right. Uh, that's how that one came about. So I I see I see a system here that your way you write books is like the domino effect from <laughs> coming from one book to another to another, and and that's a that's a good system. That's a very good system. I I wish that keeps going for you. Well, but, you, you could absolutely say that. Um, but then something else just triggers your mind. I'm currently writing a, a very mushy Christmas novella. Yeah. And I finished Discreetly Yours in 2019 in the summer. Right. And got it published. And I spent two years dealing with murder and drugs and prostitution right. and everything. And I just happened to be watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> Oh, you know what? And this was in July, you know, the Hallmark Christmas in July. Right. And I suddenly thought, I think I want to write something totally different now, something warm right. and fuzzy and mushy. Um, right. That's going to be totally feel good. And right. so that too has been the challenge. And I, I came up with a storyline and um, it's been a challenge, but it's fun and I'm hoping it's being edited right now as you and I speak. So I'm hoping yeah. to have it out before this Christmas. 
Was like it difficult? All the books, I don't have a title for it yet. <laughs> yeah. Was it <laughs> difficult? Yeah. Was it di- well? I'm thinking. I'm thinking your next book from discreetly, not the warm and fuzzy one, but I'm thinking. And this is just me, and it has something to do with that. I think you should call it the domino effect. I don't know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> but uh, my my quit. That was just me going off Um, (laughs) my my question was um was it difficult from going from where you were to writing something warm and fuzzy was the was it a little longer did it take you a little longer or was it just you know natural it's well it's taken a little bit longer Charles because you know unfortunately we had COVID in between um, yeah you know, all of our lives were put on hold and having various commitments elsewhere that slowed down the development of it. Right. Um, it's just taken a long time to get off the ground. And right. how much that's due to that it's a total change of pace as opposed to the obstacles that have been thrown in all of our paths this last 18 months. Right. I don't know. Um, that's hard to say because the times aren't normal. Right, right. But thank God for thank God for talented people like you who like get us through COVID by reading. You have to be in reading and everything like that. I can't tell you uh, the amount of reading I've done during COVID. And and if I could thank all those authors, I would. So I'm thanking you for that. But, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yes. But we need the readers too. And you know, on August the 9th, um, that's yeah. Book Lovers Day. Um, that's when we're supposed to thank all the people that love to read that motivate right. us and keep us going. And no, not everybody's going to like what we write. It's that's yeah, what we have yeah, of course. restaurants. You know, some people like Shakespeare, some people don't. It's obviously. Obviously, you you hit a niche with what you're writing because of the awards, you know. So uh, um, I'm very happy for you about that because uh, I I am so interested in these books now, especially that that you are from Vegas, one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, I am definitely going to, you know, I have to apologize because with us, it's so crazy that we don't get a chance all the time to sit down and do this. We're flying to conventions, we're flying, and with our other jobs, it's it's crazy. But sure. um, I want to ask you, where where can people buy this these wonderful works of yours and and all your social media? I want you to get it out to us. Okay. Uh, they can go to my author website that lists all of the books. And that's www.authorstephen, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot com. And it will list all of the books and you can click on each of the books and it'll take you, each of the books has got their own websites that tells you a little bit about the book. It, gives you reader reviews, professional reviews, upcoming events where I'm speaking, podcast events like yours, um, and where and how to buy them. Okay. They're also available on Amazon. Right. Um, Of course, 
and they can walk into any bookstore, Barnes and Noble, and even if they don't stock it, they can order it, and um, it'll come through. Well, well Stephen, I Ingram spot, so anybody, right? I have a vacation coming up. And I plan on reading your book. So you plan on getting emails from me saying, oh, Stephen, what's happening with this guy? Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm from New York. So I'm going to go, I'm going to start everything. With, Yo, Stephen, I'm reading here. What happened to this guy? I think you should do this. And then you tell me, you know, you write back. Oh, give me a break. You know, we'll do the whole New York thing. But um, <laughs> I am... I am um, thrilled that you're in Summerlin because I swear to you, I'm going to email you the next time I'm there. We're going to go have a, a nice drink up if, uh, if um, you know, time allows it. So um, where's your favorite? We're yeah. right by the Red Rock Casino. Oh, my God. I love the Red Rock. Big. I, I went there um, the last time I was there. I went to Red Rock and... Uh, it, it's a beautiful place. I, I like that casino. Yeah, and I, although, I again, yeah, I do not gamble. I am a musician, so I go there for the entertainment. Oh, and, cool. uh, yeah, and, of course, the little libations. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, what's uh, we, we have, like, about two minutes. Stephen, what could you project for your for you? Where do you see yourself going with, with writing uh, in the future? Well, I, I have to confess, I've kept it kind of local, you know, I don't, I don't go traveling around the country with book signings. I do have a lot here in Las Vegas. Right. I give a lot of speaking engagements and a lot of book signings uh, at different right. places. And I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm not too sure what my next book's going to be about yet. Um, I'm slowly, I, I still work, but I'm slowly winding the business down because I'm at that time of life right. where I want to go out and enjoy things and do other things. So yeah, um, I'm not too sure. I'm going to see where it, just leave it in the the lap of the universe and see where it takes me. See, yeah. what, uh, see what the result is of uh, my Christmas book. To be quite right. honest, I'd love any of these to become a TV miniseries. Yeah. That's what well, I would love to see, but if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world, but they're, right. they're, they're all perfect, really, for, for Hallmark or Disney or Netflix. I mean, even right. just really yours, your mother could read it, your grandmother could read it. Right. There's no well, graphic violence, no graphic sex or expletives. They're just fun, easy right. reads, despite the subject matter. Well, that's, 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 um, that's wonderful. Stephen, it has been a pleasure talking to you and i want your final thoughts on this whole whole procedure here with our show your books what are you thinking well i have to tell you it's been a real joy i've thoroughly enjoyed it i hope your listeners enjoyed as much as i have i felt very relaxed and very comfortable and i hope you do keep in touch and i hope you do reach out when you come to las vegas and um I'll be happy to sort out something with the books after we, we hang yeah. out. But I've loved being on the show, and I thank you for the invite. Oh, my God, and thank you for coming on. It was a pure pleasure for us. And please, um, please come back with us when we, when we call you, because 
I'm going to interview you about your next book, The Domino Effect. No, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Stephen, you thank know what? You. I'm going to go to sleep now thinking about dominoes. <laughs> there, there you go. It's going to be turning in my mind. I've got to tell you. <laughs> there, you there you go. But I'll definitely get together with you when I get down to Vegas. We'll have a we'll have a nice drink up and we'll uh, we'll chat. All right, but thank you again so much. It was a pleasure and an honor to have you on our show. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Okay, thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Be well. Good night. Hi, guys. This is Xenia Seberg, who played Zev on the show Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Michael McManus, I played Kai on Lex. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us A Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. This is Brian Downey, Stanley Tweedle from the TV series Lex, and you're listening to It Came From Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.